I want to welcome you to the Arrow Heights podcast, broadcasting live from Arrow Heights Baptist Church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. My name is Ryan Smith. My name is Nathan Copeland. And I'm Josh White, back from the mountains. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad you guys recorded without me. It just says that nothing is dependent on Josh. That's hmm. fantastic. I wouldn't hmm. say necessarily we recorded well without you. I think you did. It was still shorter, which was also encouraging to me because it just says that when we drop to two, we go to about 25 minutes. <laughs> and that's encouraging for everyone, I think. <laughs> right on. We'll have more people asking, please kill one of your co-hosts. No. That, that'd be a bit dark. We're not sure which one they're talking to. No, 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 true. <laughs> true. There's six ways this could go. Oh, my goodness. Well, we did solve, I helped solve uh, a mystery. Uh, The podcast mystery last week was whose peanut M&Ms are these? Mm -hmm. Uh, And they were totally Nathan's peanut M&Ms. What can I say? I don't remember bringing them in. I do remember eating them. It's true. I'm often eating candy from one of the candy dishes down the hall when I come in here to record this podcast. So it's totally possible that it was me. You're saying it was me. Mm-hmm. I do remember eating them. I don't remember bringing them. I was, I, I just remember distinctly because I was appalled that you did not eat them and oh. you just threw them on the table and walked out after we were done recording. I was like, okay. why would the man not finish his peanut M&Ms? Hmm. Did you mean for them to be communal? Like, were you like, hey, to, here's to some me, M&Ms, everyone. To me, a whole full big bag of peanut M&Ms is too many to eat at one sitting. It's not even a share size. No. No, that's that's what it's not a share size. Well, what do you mean a share size? This is to me this is a big package. That's, that's of M&Ms. a normal package of M&Ms. Yeah. Yeah, I just for whatever chocolate, it's just it's very sugary. It's kind of too much. I can eat 4, 5, 6, maybe 8 of them. That's it. Mm. I find it disturbing that you cannot finish off the serving size one pack. So um, Willy Wonka yes. who makes these individually. Yes said that that is what a man should be able to eat. <laughs> and you left yeah. your soldiers behind. Yes. <laughs> what can and I say? I can't, uh, I can't finish a whole big bag. I mean, a little... A little no, you one, say yes. bag. You can't say big bag. That's no. not a big bag. No, That's a bag. it's not big. There are smaller bags. Yes. But it's not a big bag. When I get All those, right. I get sharing size. It's, it's larger than that, mm-hmm. which... I will determine what a sharing size is. Well, that's a dad move M&Ms. right there because you know you're probably going to have to give one up, so you're going to get the biggest size available. Yeah. That's that's just what you do. And that's, I wouldn't even call that a big bag because no. there's a bigger bag. Okay. That's just, Industrial that's just strength. a bag. Yeah. There's always a bigger bag. Well, hey, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's that's all I can that's all I can say. Well, we can So there say, you go. You guys can have them. We could say mystery solved. Well, I've already eaten one. You've already had at least <laughs> one, right? So you're you're at your limit, Ryan. Your turn. <laughs> no thanks. This okay. bag for Nathan is gonna last like six weeks. So mm-hmm. yeah. I was at the mall the other day with a couple of my kids and I saw this gummy bear that was like the size of a chihuahua. <laughs> and I thought, I could probably eat that. Really? I mean, gummy bears, I mean, it's got to be terrible for you, but man, I could just keep popping, or even like Skittles or something. I keep more of those, but chocolate's just too sweet somehow. I don't know. It's just too much. So we got one of those game, gummy bears one time, <laughs> student ministry event. It was like a like a Halloween best best costume party when I was working at, at Riverview, and uh, one of my, our pastor's kid won it, and so he, but he left it in his room for like... I don't know, like a few weeks, and we did a bonfire out at their house. And he was like, hey, I've still got that gummy bear. And so we like, this is so gross. And if you're germaphobe, like you're going to freak out. We like communally ate off of that gummy bear <laughs> until we got sick of it. And then we just threw it in the fire and watched it just kind of 
It didn't really melt, which is equally concerning. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. But it just kind of sat in the fire and just kind of started turning brown and a little bit to mush, and then Ooh. it eventually melted away. But <laughs> those things are disgusting. What are those made out of? It's the gummy burst. I mean, no, but I mean, like, what? What is gummy bear? What is it? Gelatin? Is it just gelatin? Horse hooves? <laughs> if you like horses, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, really, that's like what it. That's gelatin, what it is. food coloring, and flavor. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's disgusting and absolutely great for you. Mm. I'll stick with the chocolate. Stick with All the right. chocolates, <laughs> unless you're allergic to peanuts. Mm. But anyway, I'd probably I'd probably still go with the, with the chocolates <laughs> and the peanuts I'm allergic to, rather than the uh, <laughs> rather seven than the pound gummy bear. the seven pound gummy bear. It could be a weapon too, like it's heavy. Anyways, uh, well, hey, like Christmas is coming. Christmas is this coming Monday. It's weird being Crazy. on Monday. I had to think about week it for away. a second. Yeah, it's a week away. Uh, do you guys have any like Christmas traditions, Christmas movies you watch? Is that like are you Christmas people? Uh, my wife definitely is. So we have different things, you know, that she's always got the kids going with, and and we do watch Christmas movies. Usually have a big cheese pizza with uh, uh, Home Alone. All right, <laughs> just for yep. me. Yep, movies just so dumb and so classic. classic but yeah, um, yeah. And the other one is uh, we watch White Christmas every mm-hmm. year. Just about, and so that that's another one. But yeah, we usually watch the uh, the, the Charlie Brown peanuts yep. specials from back in the day. We do that with Thanksgiving. We do that with Halloween. Yep. We do that. We I got to mention that we do that for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a solid one. Mm-hmm. So we, we always we always do that every year. And then my my kids this this year are seemingly it was a little bit like this last year, but they're really wanting to watch a lot of Christmas movies. Cool. Uh, so, so I don't know if it's, they're hoping that they'll also get like some hot chocolate or like, Hey, you know, while (laughs) we're watching the movie, let's, you know, bake some cookies or whatnot. But yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Definitely the peanut stuff. So we, we almost always watch Elf. I think it's getting, it's kind of played out now that like, I'm not like finding myself just enjoying watching it anymore. Like, which is really sad to me. Because it's hilarious, but we almost always watch Elf. And we we've been watching the new Santa Claus series on Netflix. That yeah, they just put out. the second season was meh. It was it was all right. two seasons. The first, yeah, they just just uh, just came out with the last one. Really, this this last one. That now who's in this? Out. Is so it Tim? It's Allen? still Tim Allen. It's all the same characters. Uh, some of the elves are different, um, but it's it's pretty good. It's got it's got some funny moments. The first season in particular was pretty hilarious. Interesting. So yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Elf, what was the you asked Austin when he was here? What's your favorite Elf quote or something like that? Mm-hmm. What would, what did he say? What did you say? He said you're an angry Elf, mm. which I said was incorrect because the correct answer to that question is Santa. I know him. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of like, hey buddy, hope you find your dad, and Mr. Narwhal, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's solid. Yeah, I like him when he walks into the coffee shop. Congratulations, <laughs> world's best cup oh, of yeah. coffee. You did it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one's good too. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Sweet. Well, hey, we have a question this week. Just, just one. one? Question, just mm-hmm. one question, and then if it takes us on other tangents, that's great. Um, otherwise, we can shoot for 25 minutes. It'd be good. Uh, the masses will be happy. But um, the question comes in, and this isn't about any uh, any part of the sermon or Advent that we've been going through. Uh, it actually centers around uh, a section of Genesis chapter 32. 
Um, and so the question says this. Good morning. I'm struggling. Apparently it was morning whenever this texture sent mm. this in. So uh, good morning to you, uh, even though it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon right now, 2 o'clock. Uh, I'm struggling to appreciate and understand a section in Genesis chapter 32, specifically Genesis 32, 25. If I'm understanding this passage correctly, the man that Jacob is wrestling is pre-incarnate God. So when the verse... When verse 25 says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. How could it be true that God could not overpower anyone or anything? Maybe it should be phrased someone or something, but they they phrased it anyone or anything. Yeah, it's a great question. It's a a very strange passage. Uh, You know, Jacob with his brother Esau, a lot of background there, and Jacob was the one who received the blessing. He's going back to see Esau, whom he deceived, uh, Jacob meaning deceiver, and uh, he's afraid that Esau, now with his own small army of a family, is going to destroy him. So he sends his whole family across river, and then just give the context, um, Verse chapter thirty-two, verse twenty-one says, "So the, uh, the present passed on ahead, head on head of him. Sorry, and he himself stayed that night in the camp." Uh, verse twenty-two: the same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. So the text refers to this wrestler as God. Uh, he renames Jacob in a, um, in a show of ownership or uh, being above. And so that's kind of where we get the idea that this is the pre-incarnate Christ, God himself. Um, a couple things that I would say in direct relation to, to the question, I don't think it's that God couldn't beat Jacob. It's that he didn't. Um, because, as we see in verse 25, the man just touches his hip socket and completely knocks it <laughs> out, out of socket, touches his hip and ple- completely knocks it out of socket. And when the man decides to leave, he leaves. So this is an all-night wrestling with Jacob that seems like the goal for the wrestling match itself was to wrestle with Jacob. That was the whole goal. It wasn't to defeat Jacob. It was ultimately for Jacob to receive the blessing that he was supposed to receive in the first place. Uh, And nothing says that he wasn't going to give him the blessing. He ends the wrestling match, and then blesses him, and then he's gone. He does what he came to do. So there's something about the wrestling between Jacob and the man himself that is to define the situation or to, de- 
to define Jacob and renames him Israel, which means wrestles with God. So um, I don't I don't know if it's just a, uh, a a manifestation of a or a physical manifestation of a, a spiritual reality of Jacob is just someone who wrestles with God in general. And so this is kind of a, a display of that. Um, at the end, of, at the end of the day, there's a lot of we don't knows, and that's really weird. Uh, but what what say what you? Is, what does Jacob's name mean? Does it mean deceiver? Deceiver. Deceiver. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I you know I don't know the answer to the question. Really, it's a difficult question. It's a mysterious passage. I, I like what you said. There's it, it seems obvious from the context that. That and obviously we're in the context of the whole Bible that God can uh, over overpower Jacob anytime He wants. Um, when I look at the the whole story, I sort of back up a little bit and look. For example, like um, uh, in for example, chapter verse nine, Jacob is praying and basically praying for deliverance, praying for protection, and then he immediately kind of gets up from prayer and begins working for his own deliverance and protection, <laughs> right? And so one of the things I think that the passage as a whole is kind of highlighting are these, we might say, paradoxes. A paradox is just something that seems like a contradiction, but upon closer inspection, you see that there's something uh, more subtle and more nuanced going on there. And it's not a contradiction between this and that. It's more like this and that are sort of in parallel, and it's teaching us something deeper and something even more profound that we might see just on the surface. So just right there, it, it's there's nothing incompatible uh, between our prayers and our practice, right? Our trusting God and then our working to accomplish that which we asked God for. Mm-hmm. Um, God is ultimately the one who's going to bring deliverance, ultimately the one who's going to protect us, and yet He uses means— and some of those means are are our um, uh, kind of forethought and our wisdom and our action, right? So those two things might seem to be in contradiction, but they're not. We pray, trusting God, and then we work, right? Uh, knowing that we must do uh, what we what we can and what God calls us to do. Um, same thing here. I think. I think whenever you look at what God is doing, kind of testing uh, Jacob and his strength. Um, Ultimately, it's God who saves him and blesses him by His strength, right? I mean, it's 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 not as though um, you know God can't do it, but what God is doing is something bigger than what we see just on the surface. He's wrestling with him, putting him to the test, and in the end, God has mercy and blesses him through that test, right? Um, and the hip, I think, is is part of that. Jacob, remember, right? You, you prevailed here, but ultimately, it was it was my strength. That, that is going to bring deliverance for you. You prevailed, but remember, I was in control the whole time. Uh, so when you have victory, it's coming up. I mean, he's got this, this test coming up with, with Esau. When you experience victory through that, know that ultimately it's my hand that is at work there. Uh, remember your weakness in, in this uh, testing of your strength, and you prevailed, but remember your weakness. It's ultimately my strength that makes the difference. So that, that's kind of how I would read that, I think. It reminds me a little bit of the prayer uh, in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus teaches us to pray, um, you know, deliver us, uh, excuse me, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
again, sort of a paradox there in a way. God, guide us away from evil, but then whenever you allow evil to come into our lives, guide us through it, right? Keep us from it, but guide us through it. Wait, I thought you prayed, keep us from it. Yes, right? And then when we face it in our own hearts, in our own lives, or just from outside of us, uh, maybe persecution, whatever the evil may be, guide us through it. Don't let it prevail over us. So, yeah, I, I just think that there are certain things like that that in the Bible are sort of held in tension. And if we, if we stick with both truths, Jacob is, is strong here. He's tested and he comes through prevailing. But ultimately, it's God's strength. Holding both of those two things in tension, I think, are, um, again, lead us to a deeper insight than just a, a simple, it's got to be this way or that way. It's both uh, whenever we understand the whole context of what God is doing. Is there part of this where, and you know, we discussed a little bit of Bible translation translations before we started uh, reading. We, I think, we decided that the did not is it could be within the purview of of that word. Did not prevail, could not prevail, but other translations also translate it could not. I think this. Uh, we're not sure what translation this person uh, began with, but I know the CSB has a similar translation. It says could not overpower him. Uh, but the ESV says did not. I think this kind of speaks to the importance of reading broadly across other translations just to see what other potential interpretations that you could land on, because it doesn't necessarily say he could not. We, we know that God could definitely have overpowered him, and he did, ultimately. And so I think, it, I mean, would you would you agree with that? Like, is it- I, I would agree with that. And I think not only just reading different translations, uh, kind of getting a little bit more, uh, a broader range of, of what these words maybe can mean or do mean in this context, but also reading within the bounds of confessional orthodox theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you just said, I mean, we know, right? We know that God could. Well, how do we know that? Well, because of the whole Bible. Yeah. You know, God is spoken of in so many different passages in so many different ways as omnipotent, infinite in strength, right? And we also know that whenever he uh, condescends to be with us and to meet with us and to speak with us and to act uh, in in our story, in space and time, in history. We know that often there are uh, these anthropomorphical, mm. is that a good word? Yeah, that's uh, good. You know, it says God's hand reached down or God's eyes saw. Well, God doesn't have a hand. He doesn't, he doesn't have eyes, but it's using human uh, language that we can understand to speak about God. It's, it's uh, I think what they call is analogical language, not univocal language. When I say, Josh, your eyes see such and such, and I say, God's eyes see such and such, we're not using that univocally. It means the exact same thing. Uh, it's analogical language, because God is God, and Josh, you're not. Uh, darn right. I, I, I haven't, uh, I, I think the bigger question is, uh, why is this guy wrestling Jacob in the first place. And I have, I think I have an answer in the text. It's because he left those women with all those kids. They prayed that God would take care of Jacob. <laughs> like he just, I mean, Jacob was alone and he sent these women over with these 11 kids. Like, well, God, you're going to have to take care of that guy. <laughs> you're going to have to get through to his head. Kick his, yeah, yeah. This, I, I think that's, I think that's real. That's where yeah. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's a strange, passage and Jacob is really a strange character mm-hmm. because you when we're introduced to him he's kind of the the softer mama's boy he's not the one you would expect to be wrestling out in the wilderness mm-hmm. 
um, we see that he kind of with is it, is it Laban, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob, Rebecca, Rebecca, and, and Leah. Uh, he he works with Laban and kind of grows a bit of a spine through that and really does kind of do the right thing boldly. But then when coming back to Esau, he becomes kind of that that softer, oh, now I'm now I'm scared guy again. And so, I mean, it's, it's interesting. He says he was alone, and this man wrestled with him. And so there was no reason for, he wasn't being attacked. He wasn't being, so it was just like, God just came out and said, we're going to wrestle. <laughs> Let's get you dusty. Yeah, you and me, we're going to wrestle. Which seems like a very strange thing to do, but it obviously, as as you said, with with the hip, it gave him a lifelong reminder that he was not complete in and of himself, mm-hmm. and he his whole life had been one who either deceived or who worked for the blessing that God was trying to give him. Mm-hmm. If he would have just let things be, uh, he he would have been fine. Um, and so this is really kind of a personification of that, but it's a, it's an interesting one, uh, and I I I don't know. I'd, I'd be hard pressed to say that God couldn't defeat him. His goal was simply just to wrestle him for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy the story of Jacob every time I read it. You know, and it, it, the New Year's coming, and so this is the the rabbit trail. What? How are we going to kind of reengage Scripture? In the new year, everybody's got a new year's resolution, right? But every time starting over in Genesis, I've read Genesis many times, but that way, you know, uh, I'm always encouraged by Jacob because he just seems like a, a real scoundrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like there are points in the story, it's like, what is, where are we? What is even going on here? Mm-hmm. I don't think he knows. Uh, I don't think anybody knows except God. And that's encouraging because there's just certain times in my life I go, I, what are we doing here, and why am I here, and why is this happening, and why couldn't I have done this, or should I do this? I don't know. We're just out there, kind of lost in this big, wide world, in this big, wide story. Does God even care? Did God really promise? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, but it's it's obvious when you kind of look back on the whole thing, God had a plan the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, then he's got these uh, 12 sons, and there's a whole you know, family story there and in Joseph, and finally he ends up, you know, being there with um, uh, Joseph and, and, and all the brothers and being redeemed and just having this story to tell, you know, as, as an old man. Um, it's a long, drawn-out, twists and turns, long and winding road kind of story that is encouraging to us to keep walking, keep trusting, know that the promise is real and God is faithful to His Word, uh, even when it just seems like we don't know what's going on. God always does. Mm-hmm. And really, there's ways we can identify with the story. It's not really that strange except for the, except for the aspect of physicality. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it said, and Jacob emotionally wrestled with God, I'll say, oh, yeah. Right. You know, or Jacob logically mm-hmm. wrestled with God 100%. I don't know how many times I could say, you know, Ryan wrestled with God and God did not prevail. I didn't come away from that going, oh, yes, Lord, amen, I'm completely at your service, any of that, you know, I come away from those times often going like, man, I don't know, yeah. I don't know, yeah, and uh, and it's God in His grace, that's how He builds faith in us, and that's how He works in us, so the, the interaction isn't that strange, uh, it's something that we all can certainly 
identify with. Yeah, yeah. In the New Testament, is it Romans, I guess, maybe 15 or so, where it says, you know, and all these things were written for our instruction. So I, I think there's totally a lesson to be learned there about wrestling in prayer, about wrestling spiritually, wrestling emotionally. You know, I think that the lesson you draw out there is exactly right. It's just that with Jacob, there's a specific point in the the story of the Bible, the story of redemption, where there was this pre-incarnate Christ in this mysterious, you know, night, you know, wrestling match, right? That we are not, we shouldn't expect that we're going to experience it just like that. But the principle of it, I think, absolutely is transferable. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. Well, we got Christmas coming up this weekend. Uh, either of you want to speak to our different schedule for the next week or two? I think it'd be healthy, helpful to put that out here. Yeah, absolutely. We are having just our time of worship, no small groups on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. No nine o'clock small groups. So come just for the 1015 service. Both services will be like our normal uh, Sunday morning service. And then on Christmas Eve at 5 p.m., uh, we are having a candlelight service that'll be kind of the shorter, more 45-minute-ish abbreviated um, one where we, we sing together. And it's always interesting how many people come to that, that may be the only time they set foot in uh, in our facility this entire year. So um, make make that a point of emphasis. Bring your family. If your family is not here, and you think, "Oh, well, I don't know what we're gonna do." Come to this and meet others. Be hospitable and uh, welcome people. Not with a "Where have you been?" <laughs> you know, but I'm so glad you're here. I really look forward to seeing you next week. And you know. Uh, let me, let me catch up. So this is a great opportunity to to help disciple through evangelism and just to, to, to get a touch with people. So this Sunday, Christmas Eve, service at 1015, it'll be Advent, and the 5 o'clock uh, Christmas candle lighting, two separate services. Yep, sweet. And this may be our last podcast of the year. I'm thinking through timeline, we probably we may not get back to it until either the first or even the second week of January. So, uh, you want to come in on Christmas morning? Well, I mean, we could. Yeah. We could. We'll read the Christmas story. Maybe we just <laughs> maybe we just record a Christmas story reading. And can say, finish off Nathan's M and M's. They dropped a podcast. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> ah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. That's all right. Cool. Uh, well, if you don't hear from us, don't get worried. Still send in those questions if you've got any feedback or questions. We'd love to hear from you. Nine one eight two eight zero. 9628. We will eventually get to them. Uh, but until then, we want to thank you for listening to the Arrow Heights podcast. Talk to you next time.